Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. For a kid, and I am right now. Is there? I'm 62. Yes. Oh, yeah. Who is it? Sarah. 
Oh man, I'm so glad that you're hanging out with me. Uh, do you still have a? Do you, <laughs> do you still feel like a kid on the inside? Uh, yeah, I'm still 18 inside, and besides, <laughs> I look like 18 outside. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm a, I'm a seven-year-old with chronic pain. <laughs> uh, that's the only thing that reminds me I'm not. But I don't know about you guys. Uh, this is such a great subject, and it, it seems like a very almost playful subject, but it's an important one because sometimes we get lost, you know, in life. We get lost in the troubles. We get lost in the stress. We get lost in the seriousness. We get lost in, in uh, the things that are external that can impact you, affect you uh, every single day of your life. Um, and what a great gift it is. To, to just get quiet sometimes and be reminded of what's inside of you and also be reminded of the power that comes from accessing and staying in touch with what remains inside of you. One thing I've always noticed, Rocky, you tell me, people would always ask you, you know, at certain milestone ages, 18, 21, 30, 40, you know, or when you got married, Hey, how do you feel? How do you feel? How do you feel? How does it feel? And to me, I'm still looking out of the same eyeballs I was looking out of from the age of, you know, three, four, five, six, seven, and beyond. So it, everything kind of still looks the same to me and feels the same to me, uh, regardless of my age. Do you ever have that that uh, feeling, Rocky? Yeah, I don't feel, you know, and and someone you know asked me I mean? that because. Yeah, yeah, I don't feel like I feel I still feel 18. <laughs> and I'm like you, I have chronic 18 year old pain. Um, so yes. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I'm the, I'm the only seven year old who gets messages from AARP on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, that's the thing. And it's such a cool thing to be reminded of the fact that, you know, we get to choose every day how we receive things. We get to choose every day what's within us, what we exercise in terms of what lies within us. We get to choose every day if we feel like we're aging and we're old and we're expiring. Think about that, that word expiring versus growing, learning, getting wiser, as somebody just said. So I love this topic. Now, I'm gonna start out with this for everybody and I want you to feel free to chime in at any time. Now, I ask people whenever I talk to them oftentimes, especially if somebody's on my podcast, I my question, Rocky, is always this. I have been so fortunate to work with some absolutely incredible human beings, to meet them, to partner with them. Uh, I serve on boards with them, whatever it might be. And, and what I like to ask them, I don't care where they live. I don't care what they drive. I don't care uh, how much they make. What I want to know, I know they're successful. What I want to know is how did you get here? And the thing that seems natural for me to ask is I want to rewind the tape like that movie, The Sixth Sense, way back when. And I want to, I asked them, what were you like when you were five or six or seven years old? So Rocky, I want to ask you that question. When you were a little kid, if I spoke to people that know you, that knew you back then, whether it was a teacher or whether it was your friends uh, or whether it was family members, 
if I said, what were Rocky's dominant personality traits, what would they say? Oh my God, this is going to surprise everyone. Um, I was shy and quiet and oh, I was a crybaby. <laughs> and I was a crybaby. <laughs> shy, cry, quiet, and crybaby. But on a positive note, I was very inquisitive. Um, I was curious. I always broke, broke stuff to see what was inside of it. And I was just a curious kid. Okay, I love that. Um, so you could be quiet and you could be shy, but were you a little force of nature? Were you uh, stubborn? Were you, was there anything else about you at the time? And what was your hobbies? What would you love to do as five, six, seven-year-old rock? I was very mischievous um, and I liked building. Is anybody as shocked as I am? <laughs> not <laughs> yes i was mischievous and i liked building stuff so legos actually was, was my thing and and uh remember the little hot wheels the micro machines the little teeny teeny yes, teeny yes, teeny cars yes, yes I those do. i do i do now i want you to remember everybody on this stage that when you were eight this is a very interesting thing to ponder to think about it's very appropriate for this topic when you guys were five and six and seven four years old five years old there were some things about you that were very noteworthy. Number one, for anybody out there who's, who sells things, who wants to grow a business, who wants to do a better job of increasing their income in sales, does anybody know a better, tougher salesperson than a four-year-old? Anybody. Has anybody ever had a three, four, five-year-old ask why? And you tell them the answer, why? You tell them the answer, why? You give them another answer, why? And they just keep coming at you. Hey, they've got all day and nowhere to go. Second thing is they will ask for something and ask and ask and ask. The average salesperson, by the way, gives up after two to three attempts. A four, five, six-year-old will never, ever, ever give up. So that's pretty noteworthy. Second thing is, if you remember when you were a kid, everybody, you had absolutely endless amounts of energy, boundless energy. You were excited all the time. You were super passionate. It could have been about the littlest things like, like the micro machines about Legos, but you could have had, you would have been so passionate. It would have been literally the center of your universe. There was nothing else around you. You weren't tuned into the news. You weren't listening to noise going on outside of you. It was very hard for somebody to penetrate your brain and move you away from what you loved. So think about that. You were very focused on what you loved. You were passionate, major energy, and you also at that time believed you could do anything. You remember that time? Do you remember when you knew, you thought that you could, be, you believed rather that you could fly to the moon, you believed you could be president, you believed that you could start a business, you believed that you could become a dancer, you believed, you believed it um, in your heart and soul, you believed that. What happens to us over time? What happens? I want you to think about this. What happened to that kid? How was that kid impacted over the years? One of the things I always talk about is the fact that I'm fascinated by is that, you know, when we go into school, it's typically the first time that somebody tells us that we need to color inside the lines. The interesting thing about kids is that when we color as kids, we're not coloring for somebody else. We're coloring for ourselves. 
but coloring because it brings us joy. And then you get into school and all of a sudden coloring becomes a J-O-B. Coloring all of a sudden went from no Mrs. Bo, I still remember her name. So what did she do for you? How did she impact you positively? Miss Bo impacted me because she allowed me to be an individual. She was the type of teacher that didn't say color in the lines. She actually told us to go outside of the lines and to express our creativity. She was the type of teacher that would have the Crayola box and would just dump all the crowns on the mat next to us. She wouldn't make us keep them in the box or anything. So she was very different from other teachers. Man, I had teachers just the opposite that the crayons had to go back uh, like a Rubik's cube, man. They had to go back in the same order that they were in in the box. So that's pretty cool. So listen, everybody, I want you to really take the time today. I want you to really re take the time to revisit what Rocky was speaking to you about. And I want you to please consider what I'm gonna share with you. Okay, one of the greatest gifts that you could do is to sit there today at some point in a quiet moment and take inventory of who you were as a kid, right? Because what I have found, interestingly, Rocky, is the most powerful, most happy, successful, fulfilled people I know in this world all still have a direct connection to who they were as a kid. They literally are still leveraging that same energy and those same attributes or personality traits. And what's interesting to me is the people that I find that are struggling, that are really trying to figure it out, that are sometimes getting lost, that are sometimes getting stuck, 
And they've moved so far away, honestly, from their center, from what matters to them, and from who they were as a kid. They've actually, you know, morphed into something else, something that society has dictated. Every year, we have hundreds of thousands of kids graduate college and move into the world as a young adult. And they go about not necessarily chasing their dreams anymore, but starting a life of doing what they have to do. I want you to think about that. Can you imagine being 21, 22 years old and at a time when you should be looking at the world as being wide open, full of opportunities and potential? There are so many kids that all they could think about is that I'm buried in student loans on day one. I've got debt up the ear, up, up to my ears and I need to find a J-O-B. You will oftentimes hear young people talk about, I, I gotta go find a job. And I understand why society dictates, gotta have money, gotta be able to pay rent, gotta be able to buy food. I get it. But isn't it sad that you go through that time of your life when you should be still dreaming like a kid about the possibilities of what you can do, what you can accomplish and how you can impact this world and the first thing that comes in your mind is I need to find a job. I have to do this. I have to do that. And un unknowingly, unwittingly, they start moving in the direction of a life full of have tos instead of a life full of want tos. And what a massive difference in terms of how that will affect you mentally, physically, socially, and financially amongst others. So I want you to ask yourself, am I doing what I have to do or am I doing what I want to do? What percentage of my time, what percentage of today will be expended on have to's versus want to's? And am I still that kid that grew up dreaming that they could do anything? So here's the next thing I want to touch on. I believe, and I have long believed, and Rocky mentioned it uh, just recently, but I have long believed that there are powers that you have in each person out there on the planet. And those that are most successful are those who have learned how to leverage those powers. One thing I find interesting, you know, my, my, both of my little boy, boys, my six and seven, are, are, they go to Taekwondo, and they've been going to Taekwondo for a few years now. And I was thinking about the fact that uh, Master Kim, who owns this place, who is a former Olympic gold medalist, world champion multiple times in Taekwondo, you know, said, you know, David, if he keeps doing what he's doing, he will be a black belt in three years. Now that's at the age of 10, right? And I think, man, that's pretty cool, have a black belt. But then I started thinking, you know what's really interesting to me? Number one, there's some lessons in here. Number one, when you get to be a black belt, is anybody on stage, uh, does, has anybody on stage practiced martial arts? Anybody? No? I did okay. army combat, but I don't think that's the same. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you Just what, watching it on TV account. It's a. It can go as. It does count a little bit. So here's the thing I find interesting. That's a parallel to life. 
when you achieve a black belt, are you done? Are you finished? No, there's many levels of black belt. Just like life, when you achieve a goal, are you done? No, there's many levels of a goal, right? And so the thing is, is that what's really cool and interesting to me about martial arts is that it's a discipline that moves you towards a goal, yellow belt, you know, orange belt, green belt, brown belt, black belt. And so it's very goal oriented, very cool. But the second thing is it teaches you inherently that when you reach what is supposed to be the ultimate goal of black belt, it's not a finish line. No, it's actually a starting line because now there's many, many levels of black belt. So I find that fascinating and a very powerful life lesson. The second thing that's very interesting is, is isn't it interesting to think about everybody, the fact that people that uh, commit themselves to doing what's necessary, uh, mind, body, and soul, to achieve the black belt status, and even if they're second, third, fourth, fifth degree black belt status, they spend their life achieving that, that highest level possible and learning literally how to turn their body into something most of us will never be able to do. They highly disciplined, committed, uh, reserved, and they, they, they learn to actually work hard to achieve that status, to be able to go out and do some major damage if they wanted to, but they spend the rest of their life doing everything they can, Rocky, to never use the very thing that they spent their life learning. Isn't that crazy? So you get to be a black belt and then your, your goal is to never use that in, in, a, in a way that could cause harm for any reason good or bad. So I think those are really, really important lessons. And so I was talking about powers. Everybody has a power within you. What you need to figure out is what is that? And sometimes the best thing to do, I just took my coaching class through this a few months ago, is to do a series of exercises. Number one exercise is take inventory, go back, think about who you were as a four, five, six, seven-year-old, and remember who you were. And I want you to take inventory, write down what were my major personality traits versus what were my attributes. The difference between a personality trait and an attribute, personality traits are deeply ingrained. They're embedded, very difficult to change. Personality attributes are things that are actually learned and they can be nurtured and become stronger. So resilience is a personality attribute, for example, versus being an extrovert right uh as an example and so those are things that are important to figure out the second thing is what was i passionate about back then what did i love to do marcus the young guy that i'm just speaking to he's doing today the exact thing that he loved to do back then my my son uh trey uh he knew when he was eight nine ten years old that he wanted to be in the gaming industry. And this is when the gaming industry was pretty new, um, but he knew he wanted to work for a company called uh, Blizzard. And you know where he works today? Blizzard. And you know what he does? He's a game designer. Is he happy? Yes, he's very happy because he's acting in concert with exactly what it is he wanted to do way back then. So I want you to take inventory of that. 
I also want you to think about when you moved away, why did you move away from those dominant characteristics, those personality traits? What impacted you, good or bad? What were the defining moments that either caused you to move into a state or a life of have-tos or that actually liberated you into a life of want-tos and believing? Because here's the reality. We could talk dreams all day long. We could talk goals all day long. But I will share something that I learned from an incredibly wise person named Lou Tice who had a company called the Pacific Institute. And, and Lou Tice is revered, and the Pacific Institute is used uh, in more than 80 countries around the world. And he really learned, he took the time to learn, why do human beings do what we do? It's an incredible curriculum to go through. I was so fortunate to not only go through it, but to have Lou actually certify me to facilitate that course. And one of the things that he taught me is, David, you will never pursue, think about this, you will never pursue anything in your life that you don't honestly believe to your core that you can make happen. I'm gonna say that again. You will never pursue anything that you don't honestly believe to your core that you can make happen. And that's a really, really important uh, consideration to have because so many people set goals but they don't actually believe in their core, to their core, that they could bring about a successful outcome. And so you'll oftentimes hear people talk about right on this stage, right in Breakfast with Champions, you know, I just don't know what to do next. I don't know what the next step is. Yeah, you do. The next step is the first step. Most people get lost right there. Isn't that interesting? We set off to win a race and never get out of the starting blocks because we don't believe to our core. It, that's referred to as self-efficacy, by the way. But the word is not important as much as it's important to understand the concept and the reality of that. So let's go back to being a kid again. Let's go back to looking at the topic of this room. Age ain't nothing but a number. Guys, there will be people or there were people just a month or so ago, a month or two months ago, that graduated college. I mentioned that, hundreds of thousands of people. But some of those kids were 50s. Some of those kids were in their 60s. Some of their kids were in their 70s. Would somebody in the, in the stage do me a huge favor right now? Get out your good friend Google and see if you can find out for me uh, who was the oldest college graduate this year? What was their age? I would love to know that answer. Something tells me minimum 94 70. years old. Stop it. Who was it? Nine, 94 year old Kayser University's graduate proves it's never too and on and on and on. It was Bob Blum, 94 years old. Just a quick, quick headline I'm looking at here. So, so think about that, Ramon. It's so wonderful to touch base with you and thank you for doing that. But Ramon and everybody on there, is age a number to Bob? No, I mean, it's just a number to him. You know, Bob, you think about that life, that magnificent life, that Bob at the age of 90, can you imagine he's sitting around, can you get me He's sitting around a, uh, a, a birthday celebration 
he's probably got friends, family, probably got 20 grandkids, probably has 10 great grandkids. And, and they're about to blow out the candles and wish him happy birthday. And, you know, the guy could ignite a forest fire with the candles on that cake, 90 candles on that cake. And as he's thinking about how to sum up all the oxygen he needs, people are asking him, Bob, you're 90 years old. And like I asked Rocky, how do you feel? How does it feel? What do you want to do, Bob? Can you imagine at the age of 90 saying, you know, I've thought about that. I've thought about it for years, decades actually, and I'm gonna to go to college. Now, I want you to imagine the people around that table as he uttered those words. How many of those people said, oh my God, I think that's a fantastic idea. I'm so excited for you. But is it also possible, everybody? Tell me, Ramon, do you think it's possible that one or more people that were in that conversation, that heard that conversation, said, Bob, <laughs> dude, what are you doing, man? You're 90. Let me remind you of how old you are. You can't do that. You're 90. How are you possibly going to survive four years of college? How are you going to deal with people that are one-fourth your age or one-fifth your age? Can you imagine, David, Ramon? you're right. No, David, you're so true. I, I can imagine him sitting at that table in his gruff voice. Hey, guys, I want to finish college. And everybody, his nieces and nephews and grandkids laughing and saying, come on, you, you've done enough. You're a good dude. You're a good guy. Yeah, David, I, I hear on that. I think sometimes we forget the uh, emotional implications, as you and I are just speaking for Bob, that maybe there was something in him, something he wished he would have done, something he regretted, because I'm sure he needed to get money, right? And, you know, he's too old to yeah. need, a, need it to get a job, so... It was emotional. Last thing I'll share, David, is that I went through that with swimming. I don't know how to swim, David, okay? At least not too well. But I took 19 swimming lessons, David, just because I wanted to learn. And even though I didn't do well, so I get it. It's not 94-year-old college guy, but anyhow, back to you, David. But I get it. Thank emotional you, Ramona. And, and, and I appreciate you sharing. I always appreciate your transparency. That's very cool. Uh, proud of you for doing that. Happy for you you did that. But, guys, I want you to think about that in your life. How many of you are Bob? How many of you, first of all, let's ask this. Was Bob a 90-year-old kid when he made that decision? Or was he a 90-year-old man, aging, expiring man? Are you making decisions because of the past or because of the future? Do you make your decisions based on the future are your beliefs based on the future or are they based on the past? So it's really important to be reminded of this and keep in touch with this because I want to be Bob. Guys, I've never graduated from college. I took college courses when I was in the military, but I never went to college. It wasn't in the cards for me. I didn't have that. that it really wasn't an option in my world at that time. And, you know, I don't really have regrets in my life, but it's a, it's a big bucket, bucket list item for me to go to college. Do I need to go to college? I don't, but it's a want to, it's not a have to. So when I talk about separating the two and think about it, thinking about how many have tos are you, are you doing versus want tos, this is a very, very important topic to consider. Are you still a kid? Here's the next thing. When you think about your powers, 
And I'm going to make it analogous to food. Have you ever heard, guys, that there are foods that are superfoods? And the reason why they will, I think, characterize them as superfoods, there's foods out there that could be good for you. Hey, maybe you eat fish and there's uh, salmon's got omega-3 fatty uh, acids or whatever, um, fat in it. And or maybe there's um, bananas that have potassium, uh, but they're also loaded with sugar. And, you know, there's foods that have can have an impact on you. That's great. But then there's superfoods out there. Things like Swiss chard, like bok choy, like blueberries, like tomatoes. Superfoods, I believe, are characterized that way because they have multiple benefits. They're exponential in their nature. They don't just have one way of positively impacting you. They have multiple ways of positively impacting you. I think that's exactly the same as the powers that lie within us. And I think one of the greatest superpowers, Rocky mentioned it earlier, was curiosity. Curiosity, if anybody was to ask me, my number one superpower, my superpower is curiosity. And why is it a superpower? Well, think about it. Do you know anybody in your life who's highly curious, who at baseline doesn't have that mindset of a kid? Do you know anybody who's curious, who's lost, uh, been out of touch with their youth, with what gave them energy and excitement and passion and belief? I don't. But there's another part that's great. If you're curious, if you're wildly curious, you have a different way of looking at things. You have a thirst for knowledge that is uncommon. You are constantly seeking to learn, whether it's from the internet, whether it's from books, or whether it's from people. When somebody shares something with you, and even if it's something that on the surface, you go, I don't know about that, but I'm curious, so I'm gonna listen to them. And you listen to them, and you learn. When you're curious, you're most likely to retain an open mind. I want you to consider who has a better shot of living an extraordinary life. Somebody with a closed mind or somebody with an open mind? Very simple, very powerful question. If you had to bet on it, bet your life savings, bet all the money you had. Are you betting on the open-minded person, somebody out on the stage? Are you, are you going to bet on somebody with a closed mind that they're going to live an extraordinary, joyful, happy life? Or are you going to bet all the money on the open-minded person? Which one? Anybody want to make that wager? Open mind. All day long, right? Not one of you would bet a dollar on the closed-minded person. You already know how that's going to go. You've seen that movie before. You know how it ends. So nobody's betting. So why would we want to do that? Well, being a curious person, having a curious mind, means that you're going to be gifted for your lifetime with an open-minded mentality. And that's amazing, absolutely amazing. So I think that's an incredible superpower. The other one I think is really cool, and I want somebody to feel like, uh, to, if, you, if you want to, feel free to unmike. 
Does anybody out there still have the wonder of a kid? Does anybody out there look up at the sky at some point and see a shooting star and just are like, wow, or you see a full moon or you see a sunset or you sitting at the beach just listening to the waves and you literally can sense the very same thing that you sensed when you were a kid. Does anybody out there still have that sense of wonder? Every day. Oh, yeah. So does that positively impact you? Who was that that said something? This is uh, Johnny. I just joined the room. Thank you for inviting me, Rocky. I love this topic. I live every day uh, celebrating the fun of my youth. And every night I look up at the stars, I look at the moon, and I just... I just marvel at the existence that we have and the uh, the beauty that we can live in and enjoy every single day. It's remarkable. Johnny, can I ask you how old you are? I am level 52. <laughs> I'm level 62. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. And I'm exactly the same, Johnny. I have that same sense of wonder. Um, I have that same sense of curiosity. What's cool about that, guys, is when you have that, it gives you the ability to really enjoy things and assimilate, take in things, digest things, view things in a completely different way, in a completely different level. And by the way, you know, in full transparency, um, I have a little bit of a hack, a little bit of a, a cheat. Uh, and I'm naturally curious. I'm naturally somebody who has a sense of wonder. But it doesn't hurt when when I get to go home every day and I get to see my six-year-old Jagger and my nearly eight-year-old Jackson. Because I have gotten the gift, and I'm so blessed, um, because in Fatherhood 1.0, I have two really incredible human beings uh, that I'm so lucky to be their dad, uh, Elise. My daughter's 38. My son, Trey, is 34. <clears throat> and then Jackson is going to be eight soon. And Jagger just turned six. And to be able to come home and look at life, think about what you get impacted by externally every day. And... You know, I get to come home and see life through their eyes. I see the world through their eyes. When we when we go out and they see something for the first time, I'm in New York City working this week, and I was fortunate enough to be able to have them come out with me. And I took them up to um, One World, 102 stories uh, up. And I took them up, and to see the looks on their faces the first time they experience something, to listen to the questions they have, to hear what they think of when they're up there. What an extraordinary gift that is. And I want you to think about it. Do you have the power and the ability to do the same thing? There are people out there in the world, everybody, that unfortunately have just become cynical. They've become tainted because the world has hurt them. Life has hurt them. Experiences have hurt them. And people has hurt them. Perhaps they've gone through tremendous disappointment, tremendous loss, 
um, you know, maybe they've been let down just one too many times. And it's just brought this level of sadness or cynicism or negativity to them that they don't realize. I mean, the things that happened before happened to them. Think about that. It happened to them. How they respond to it gives them the ability to happen back to those things, to take ownership, to control those things, and more importantly, to not have those things any longer control them. So I want you to just think about that as you go through your day. If I take on a mindset that age is nothing but a number, and I stay in touch with that inner child in me, if I go back and I connect with that kid before anybody had that type of a negative impact on them, if I do that, would that positively impact your life? What do you think? Does anybody want to answer that question? Or has anybody experienced that? Preach on, brother. Amen. Every day. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I want you just as you go out into the world today, um, what a gift it is to have this topic. I didn't come up with it. I'd like to take credit, but I can't. It's not mine. I'm just fortunate enough to be in the room. I'm fortunate enough to be on the stage. I'm fortunate enough to have the opportunity to spend time with you. And by the way, I can't thank you enough for giving me your time uh, and spending the time with us because the reality is, is that while people will oftentimes say that, hey, speakers on the stage pour out or they wanna give to you, the reality is we get something back. And so it's not a completely altruistic act. So I, I'm just super thankful uh, for having the opportunity to be here with everybody. I think it's going. Are you sure? Okay. Thank you. Double check. I think that's our side. Hold on, guys, just really quick. Um, sorry. My wonderful daughter. Perfect. Thank you. Um, my wonderful daughter just walked in uh, to the hotel lobby and, and was kind enough to bring me a coffee. How cool is that? That'll make my inner child happy. Um, so anyways, I want to open this up and I want somebody, anybody out there, if you want to, uh, join the conversation, I want you to just share with anybody, anything that you want. It could be about how you maintain your, your sense of, of being a kid, how you stay in touch with being a kid, what you were like as a kid, what was some of the defining moments in your life? You know, what are the lessons that you've learned and what can we learn? And this is a really interesting one. There used to be, there was a book years ago, uh, it was a really great book, short read, easy read. Everything I needed to learn in life, everything I need to know in life, I learned in kindergarten. It's a really interesting premise. And it just is a reminder that even when we're around four or five, six, seven year olds, yep, we can learn things from them. 10, 12, 15 year olds, yes, we can learn things. 20-year-olds, 25-year-olds, sometimes your point of view is discounted. Hey, you don't have experience. You don't know what you're talking about. I've got pants that are older than you are. You know, you hear those things. But don't discount the youth. Don't discount their perspective because they're not wrong. And they will shape what tomorrow looks like. Think about that statement. 
what we're experiencing today is not being shaped by baby boomers or the silent generation or the greatest generation. It's being shaped by Gen X, Gen Z, millennials. My two kids were born after 2012, and that makes them Gen Alpha. The way I want you to think about something, just eight years from today, in 2030, your life will begin being shaped what things look like, feel like, how you shop for things, how you interact with people. It will be shaped by the Gen Alpha and Gen Z, not necessarily those older generations. And there's a lesson in that as well, because your life, all of our lives are shaped by the future, not necessarily the past. It's great to learn from the past, but the future is what's going to shape what your life ultimately looks like, how the book ends, what the final chapter is. And so if you're an underdog right now, if things are not going as you wanted them to go, if things are going pretty darn well, but you know you so much more within you, just know this, you're not done yet. But to fully activate your potential, look to the future. Don't get stuck in the past. Learn from the past. And the one thing, the only thing in my mind that you want to connect to the past is number one, is the lessons you've learned, the resilience you've gained, the persistence or perseverance that has, that has been forged within you. And the second thing is get back in touch with that kid because A, they were pretty freaking great. Remember, whether you love being an outside kid or an inside kid, you know, uh, regardless of what your passions were, hobbies were, they were a great kid with a ton of energy. And I just want you to get in touch with that. So with that, I'm gonna open it up. We got about 15 minutes left. Does anybody want to comment or share? Hey, David, I do. Who is this? Hey, David, it's Shantae. Thank you so much for all you do. Hey, How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am feeling Ric Flair. Woo! Type of good right now. <laughs> Listen, that talk about taking me back to childhood. It's those WWF days, and I've never let go of that. And I'm teaching my students in the Sports Medicine Academy the same thing, David. Listen, I do contests with them with coloring books. I know there's a reason why. I'm 44, but my biological age, and a lot of people don't realize that your biological age can be determined. I'm 26 on the inside. My daughter is 26. So I may be Gen X, but guess what? My biological age is not because I smile every day. I make sure, not only because it's good for my immune system, David, but it is good for your mental well-being. And I'm teaching my students to continue to color. Doesn't matter if you're a teenager. It's not just for, you know, little kitty kids. I still color. We do smile aerobics literally in my class. I also do fun word searches because I'm trying to teach them to not only have tools to help them because we operate in a in a chaotic, loud environment. So I put on the loudest rock music and I have them do these co intense color sessions to kind of just go crazy, but to also zone in and get their mind in a um, in a predicament to where they can act and respond accordingly, no matter what's going on on the outside and still bring joy and peace in that moment, because that's what athletes need when they're injured in real time. The stadium is not quiet. So 
I will never, ever let go. This topic was meant for me, David. So I'm a big kid at heart. Cherries George was my favorite. Wonder Woman, as well as Strawberry Shortcake and the Smurfs. So flare out. Woo! Hey, I love that. I'd love to I chime love in. This is, this is Johnny. I uh, was brought up here by Rocky. I... Well, first of all, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to give just a second, Johnny, just a little space, a little pause. Because I got to thank Shantae for bringing the passion, bringing the excitability, bringing the, the inner, the inner Shantae in here. And I also want to, Johnny, if it's okay, what a great reminder, guys. I don't know if you know whether it's on your phone app or on your uh, uh, iPad app, Johnny, or in, or in just the physical world. Adult coloring books got to be a big thing about 10 years ago. And don't discount them. Go out there and grab them, whether it's on your iPad, and watch how quickly it gets you back in touch with that kid. Go ahead, Johnny. Thank you. So I live every day of my life according to this principle, embracing the inner child. And there's a difference between being childlike and childish. And, and you know, embracing that inner child and... and you know, just jump on a bike, take a ride down to the convenience store and buy a candy bar, go to a Saturday matinee movie in the middle of the week, go buy some comic books and sit under a tree, turn off the news, turn off the social media, stop scrolling and go eat a big bowl of cereal. Just do something every day to look forward to, something every day that reconnects you to that childhood experience and celebrate the fun of your childhood and that will help you survive adulthood today i'm johnny i'm out Ta-da! hey johnny that was absolutely brilliant very very wise words i literally loved everything you said it reminds me i oftentimes speak to folks when i when i'm doing coaching calls and i'm i'm going to do uh another coaching call this friday guys but i'm mixing it up i just completed one year of uh, I committed to everybody on here that I I would uh, spend one year creating, preparing, designing, and delivering coaching calls for absolutely free to be able to help people get pieces of the puzzle to be able to elevate themselves personally or professionally. So I I just finished. We wrapped up a little more than a year. And starting this Friday, those are going to morph into going from two hour calls to one hour calls. And really it's gonna go from a two hour coaching call to being 30 minutes hyper-focused on one thing, becoming great at one thing. And then I'm gonna leave the other 30 minutes open for Q and A, could be on coaching, business coaching, personal relationship, could be on any subject you want. You could ask any question you want, nothing's off the table. So I hope that you'll take the time to join. But Johnny, you just said so much, and and I think it's important to unpack that. Number one, turn off the freaking news. Turn it off. It's it's good to be aware, but listen, um, I used to sit in front of the TV and watch football games. You know, every single Sunday. I don't think I've watched one since my kid's been born. I I but now what I do is I TiVo it, I, I DVR it, and then I I can watch that entire game in about twenty minutes. You know, I still enjoy it. I have a good time and uh, with that. But you know why that is? Because I'd rather be spending time with my wife and with my kids. I'd rather be living in the moment than being kind of an observer 
you know, of what's going on. I was sharing with somebody recently, guys, I've been to many weddings and it's, and I, I feel like there's two kinds of weddings. There's weddings where you feel like an observer and there's weddings where you feel like a participant. And for any of you who've been to a wedding in the last two or three years, think about that. Did you feel like you just happened to be a witness? Hey, hey, come on over. We're going to be getting married on this day. Show up at this day. We just, we need some witnesses. And you just feel like you're a witness to an event, an observer at an event. Or was it a wedding where they literally pulled you in and you felt, you know, like I never really saw Mama Mia, but I get the vibe where you were part of that entire event, where you were a participant. They wanted you to be part of it, to feel it, not just to see it. I want you to feel life. Kids feel life. Adults tend to fall into the trap of just observing life while we're scrolling, while we're looking at the news, we're observing the news, we're observing a post, we're observing somebody doing something. Okay, I want you to get all in, you know, just jump all in, get dirty uh, with that. So I think that was a fantastic share, uh, Johnny, and I really appreciate that. What a great reminder. And I share with people on my coaching uh, calls about the power of counterintuitive thinking. Hey, I need to get serious. No, sometimes you need to get silly. You know, hey, I need to grow up. Mm, no, sometimes there's times where you really just need to be a kid. With my kids, you know, I I literally get down on the ground. I don't care where it is. I'm down on the ground, man. I want to be at eye level. I want to be at brain level. I want to be at, at their view. I want to be looking at the world and seeing things as they're seeing them. And it's it, there's nothing cooler than that. So sometimes doing the opposite is the best thing you could possibly do in your life to move you to a more fulfilled, fulfilling, successful, and happy existence. Who else wants to share? Anybody, anybody? No. All right. By the way, I don't know. Dor Dora Maria, are you on here or no? I'm yes. trying to. Who is on after me? By Amelia. The way, just so I know. She's covering for Susie. Amelia, yeah. wait. Is Amelia on yet? She was here and then I don't see her on the stage, but she'll be back. All right. All right. Well, Dora Maria, since, since I have you here, any thoughts that you have on this subject based on your own experiences? as an adult or a kid? I, I wasn't, I was just uh, agreeing with like literally all your points. And even with Rocky, I, I must be like her soul sister because my dad was a mechanic and I grew up in a shop. So like I was involved in cars before I knew what cars could do or be. Um, That's awesome. And, uh, Are you I still today? Do you still I, have a passion I, for cars? I still do. It's, 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 I grew up in it. It's like, that was my childhood. And yesterday I was covering um, half of Lisa's segment and I actually did a segment on what I learned growing up in that shop. I said, uh, the lessons I learned through, through the eyes of a child That's because awesome. I was a child growing up in this, you know, my dad and my mom were entrepreneurs, you know, my dad had a shop. My mom was an Avon lady and a Mary Kay lady. So it was like, I got to see a little bit of that as I grew up and as they went through Man, these you, businesses, you, were a, you know? you literally were Americana. Yep. <laughs> yeah, wow. So it was, uh, it, was, it was interesting. So when you were bringing up all these points, I'm like, 
yeah, you know what? When my dad went to get parts. We used to play baseball in the shop until we broke something. And then, then we had to figure <laughs> out. Then we started a fire. That was like the last time we played in the shop because the fire, that, that was very scary <laughs> as a child. And then we had to get adults involved. Like that would not tell my father when he got back. And then the smell of the fire, like we couldn't hide it. We were putting Clorox. We were, it, it was just one of those things that was just really comical. But uh, I laugh about it now, but during that time, I was scared that we were going to die when my father got back. <laughs> Dora Maria, well, so what were you like as a kid? What was your personality? Um, actually, I was a very shy kid. You, you I was were, quiet. Okay. <laughs> I, I was trained by my parents to be seen and not heard. So I was, uh, that's a, even, that's in, a even great, in school. That's a great thing to share. That's a, it's so perfect. That was a great thing to share. How many people were grown, trained, conditioned to be seen and not heard? Whether it was by our parents, I was. My dad literally said repeatedly, not one time, Dora Maria, but over and over. And he was just a terrible guy. It was a, the best thing he ever did was, was walk down on five kids, told us that we were cramping his style and he walked out on us. But before that, he used to tell me, your mouth's going to get you in trouble one day. And I remember as an adult, he disowned me as a little kid. And then he disowned me again. And he disowned me again. So he'd come pick up the other four kids and he wouldn't pick me up like I didn't exist. But I remember having the opportunity to speak with him when I was an adult. And I said, you know, my voice, by the way, never it didn't get me in trouble. You know, my voice has has brought me a lot of gifts and a lot of blessings my voice allowed me to become great at selling my voice allowed me to put food on the table so there's so many times in our life that we're taught things or conditioned in a way that's completely the opposite of what will ultimately prepare you or enable you to do great things and the worst things that we could do sometimes is to keep doing things because the way that's the way we were taught or keep doing them because that's how we've always done it. So I, I love that, Dora Maria. What a great share. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, you're awesome. Um, and we appreciate you, Dora Maria, for everything that you do up here. So is Amelia on the stage yet? I don't see her yet. I don't see her either. So I think somebody might be subbing for the sub. So anybody else want to join in the convo uh, in the last two minutes before we wrap up? Mm -hmm. This is yes, Monica. Hey, Monica, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you, sir? It's great to hear you as always. Thank you, you um, as well. I'm doing fine, thank you. I wanted to pop in with what you were talking about because um, it's really one of my favorite topics. When we look back at what, what we were like when we were five, six, seven years old, and I can't even believe what you just said. I put it in the chat the minute you said it. Those words were exactly the words my mother told me when I was young. Your mouth, like literally word for word, <laughs> your mouth is going to get you in trouble one day. And when I, when I look back on that, it does make me laugh because the most powerful things that I've done in my life are speaking, training, coaching, right? Using my voice. And you're absolutely right. It's, the, it, it's so often the gifts that shine the brightest that blind others and they take it and they want to dim it, but it's what comes naturally from out inside of us when we're little, we can't help it. It just shows up. And um, so, yeah, I thought that was really funny that your father said the same thing to you. And I don't mean to disparage my mother. She was a single parent doing the best she could, but you know, um, kids are hard. 
kids are, it's hard, it's yeah. hard to handle the gifts of a child. And, and that's the natural response, right? To try to quiet it because you've got other things going on. You're paying the bills and keeping food on the table. So I love this discussion. Thank you so much for being so amazingly transparent and wonderful to everyone around you. I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I appreciate you as well. I mean, we got to keep in mind our parents, for the most part, taught us what they were taught, you know, and I say this now, you know, my six and eight year old are nearly eight year old are so much more evolved. I mean, when I was six or seven, I was playing with a stick or a rock in the street. I mean, these guys could work at a my eight year old could work at a genius bar tomorrow. Um, they're just so much more sophisticated and savvy. They receive information differently. And you know what things I notice about kids these days? I think they kids have always said why, like I said, but the kids of today question intelligently. They don't just say why. They really want to understand. Um, they really want to learn. And they just they they're just so much more evolved, equipped, and sophisticated than than kids have been in the past. So Never more. I mean, I learned so much from my kids, um, and I thank you, Monica, for for uh, for for uh, joining this, uh, letting me know that we can start a support group of people who are told to uh, shut up and be seen and not heard, and your voice was going to get you in trouble. It's the top of the hour. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.